What's going on, people? This is Edgar Otraves with another episode of the Floro Podcast. On today's show, I have two of the funniest people I know, Emily and Not My Cousin Dan. And together we're going to be going over the docu-series on Netflix called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which is directed by Joe Berlinger. Just a friendly reminder, don't forget to go over to theflowrowpodcast.com, check out all our content, and get some merch from our store. We have coffee cups, duvet covers, throw pillows, we have it all. Look us up on Instagram as the flow roll and give us a shout. So here's the show. I think instead you probably actually just hear <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not, man. Because my daughter came in here and she's like, "Okay, what? You know, what are you doing?" And I'm like, I'm, "I'm, I'm, turning on a podcast right now. Please keep the music down and and no microwave." And she's like, "No microwave?" And she's like, "So I can't use a microwave like right now?" I'm like, "No, not anymore." Is it like a game? No microwave? How dare you, Daddy? We're sad. Well, you know how you like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know how you when you go on a diet, you're like, oh, you know, I didn't care for pizza, but now it's all I think about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so now she's, she's sitting down there. Take, take it away. Try to take it away from them. They're going to want it more. Yeah. They're going to be like, I, I need popcorn. I need popcorn right now. To exist, Dad. To exist. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, I guess we'll wait for Dan to, to come back. <laughs> Dan is done. There's an invisible person getting punched in the face. There you go. <laughs> there he goes. All right. What happened? What I miss? <laughs> she just got up and left. <laughs> we were like, well, I guess we'll wait. <laughs> All right. So he's only gone for like 12 seconds. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. This is Ego Traves. And today, my co hosts are not my cousin Dan. I was, I was about to use your real name. It was <laughs> not my cousin Dan and Emily. Uh, very funny people. And, we, and we're going to be talking about crime scene. The, what was it called? The disappearance? Vanishing. The vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. So, Emily, you brought this to me. Why don't you go ahead and uh, open up with some thoughts here? Woof. Okay. Well, that's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> so this is a documentary sort of series that is from four episodes that's from Netflix. And um, it kind of combines a lot of different things. I think I'll just start off by saying that. Um, well, actually, I have a story to tell. And then you guys can go on about your thoughts and I'll jump in later. That's how we're going to roll this. I'm, I'm, I've taken over, Edgar. There you go. Oh, you got a director now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start, off, I'll, start, I'll start off with the scary story just because I want to start off with something that's not just here's what I think and here's what the movie is about uh, okay. or the series is about. So in 2019, I was on um, sort of the downtown, staying in the downtown area of Los Angeles. 
many years ago, was going to move to LA when I was 18 and be an actress, that whole bit. Never even ended up visiting until 2019, which is crazy because I was about to pick up and just go there when I was 18 years old. Um, but enough about me. So <laughs> when I was in the downtown area in 2019, um, I had gone to this bookstore, which might sound familiar to you guys. It's called The Last Bookstore. There you go. And uh, as I was ambling back to um, the Intercontinental Hotel, which is a four-star hotel just on the outskirts of the uh, Skid Row area of Los Angeles' downtown, I found myself on Main Street. There was construction, and I had to cross over a couple streets. When I was on the street, I, no joke, would not be telling you this story if it wasn't true, had this complete wave of nausea hit me as I was walking down the street. Sick to my stomach, felt like I could vomit, just like a sense of like heaviness and just dread. So I crossed the street just instinctively and not because I looked around me and saw a strange person or anything like that. I just was like, I need to get away from wherever I am, like where I am right now standing. So I crossed the street and there was all this scaffolding and it was a hot mess, but I managed to get over up against this wall. And I kind of just looked back at where I'd been standing. Well, take a guess at where I was standing, guys. Get out of here. Really? The Cecil Hotel? Yeah. And at that point, it was called um, Stay on Main. Yes. Um, which we can talk a bit about later. But um, that's the sign I remember seeing, not the Cecil Hotel, because it's a big like sign on the side of the building. And then there's that painted side with the mm. room info. So all I saw was stay on Main. Now, it was closed at that time. The building was not open. Um, it is still currently closed, supposedly working to reopen sometime this year. Um, I don't think they've made much traction over COVID, but needless to say, I didn't look up that building afterwards. It was just, I didn't think that there was anything to it. I just thought, well, it's on my blood sugar and I'm not, I feel better when I cross the street. Like I don't feel bad now, but I never thought to look up the building or the street or why I might've felt that way. Cause I just thought it was a passing thing. Well, as I'm watching this series, I realized that's where I was standing when <laughs> I felt that way. And now I've been, dabbling in some sort of clairvoyant stuff because I'm like I know I got some of this but I know you have to work at it to really get it but I want to say just for myself to open this up I didn't sense any kind of ghosts or paranormal activity what I sensed was sadness and grief and heaviness and I felt it all in my body and I was like I felt like I could lose my mind just feeling like the way I was feeling in that moment and when I crossed the street, it's like a wave just went away. It went away. It washed over me. That's and crazy. I want to share that just because you guys know what this series is about and what's gone on in that building. And for me personally, I think what's gone on in that building through the people who have passed in and out over the years is sadder than any kind of ghost story somebody could tell about the place. Oh, sure. Well, I th that's, I think why the the documentary documentary series was made in the first place it's not just because this girl uh uh elisa lamb disappeared there uh it's because from the day it was built it's just been kind of a magnet for 
deaths, suicides, crime, crazy stuff. And, you know, they start to dig into that. And that's when it gets, that's when the series gets really interesting is when it diverges from this Elisa Lamb tale, which I don't want to minimize. It's a sad story. It's a very sad. sad story. But when, what gets interesting is when it starts diving into, yeah, you know, Richard Ramirez lived there, the, the Night Stalker and, um, and, and just kept going through all of the, the biggest wackiest stories about the Cecil hotel. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's like the Bermuda triangle, but for transients. That's, um, that's an interesting way of putting it. Like, yeah, it is like a kind of like a little, a little portal. I, well, even that morbid guy, the, uh, the singer that ended up getting accused yeah. of the murder of Lisa, uh, Eliza lamb. She, he was, he was blamed for the murder, but he also said that this is a portal to hell, you know, like, <laughs> and it's because it seems like no matter who goes there, you're going to get caught up in something like even the poor tourists that oh, were staying God. there, yeah. they were staying there and they ended up drinking like the tea of dead woman, you know what I'm saying? Uh. You know, you know what though? Oh. That part was really insensitive to me. And that's one of the parts that got me like not on board with this series. There were obviously parts that, you know, were on the up and up. I liked when the doctor who uh, had studied, you know, and read about Skid Row spoke intelligently to the neighborhood and the types of people that were in this neighborhood and in and out of this hotel and this building. But I just, okay, I get that that's gross, Edgar, but like how insensitive to be like, ew, gross, we drank person water. But I mean, yes, you did. <laughs> you did. I know it's funny to it's some degree, up. but, it, it's but it's up. also, yes, and it's screwed up and yeah. you yeah. can't help but laugh because it's so disgusting. Yeah. But at the same time, that's a person. Yeah, and like, right. Yeah, if I was in that situation, I might feel a little differently. And I would definitely, I, one of them said, I'm not forgetting this anytime soon. And this is going to nope. haunt me be like PTSD for the rest of my life. I don't know if you can yeah. get PTSD, but it is, it is, it is traumatic. It's well, very her traumatic. words, her words, yeah. not mine. Oh, yeah. she said she would get, okay. I mean, you, you could get PTSD from any kind of trauma, you know, but like, I guess it's true. Like, yeah. Okay. It's, it's pretty gross and inconvenient that you were drinking dead lady water. Right. I have a feeling that the whole situation is a lot more inconvenient for Elisa Lamb. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and her, her family. family. But and I'm, her, well, I'm just also, saying. Also, wait. Let's be fair here. How many times have you gone to any hotel, let alone a ho like a hotel with water tanks on the top? Which seems I want to talk about water tanks because how many people are using water tanks? I need to know. But oh, if, if you've got water tanks, right? Yeah. And you see a discoloration, or you're at a like a crappy hotel. I'm not drinking water out of the tap. I don't know yeah. about you, but there's oh, water right. bottles yeah. you can get plenty of places in Los Angeles. People, oh, come on! Right. I, I'm 100% with that because being from Chicago, supposedly Chicago has the best uh, like clean water there is out of tap, and I don't even drink out of the water out of the tap. So I am for sure not drinking water out of any hotel. But Other places have a lot of problems yeah. that we don't understand if we're used to good oh, no, clean water. Yeah. I stayed in a, when I was like, I don't remember, maybe 2008, 2009, I went to New York and I stayed in a hostel that was like worse than the Hotel Cecil. And I, I barely touched anything. Like I, 
I may have showered twice that week, right? Because it was just like, I'm going to be dirtier when I come out of the shower. Then <laughs> also uh, what, what might happen to you while you're in the shower, you no. know? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, like one time we went like me and a bunch of friends, we like on the, like on the spur of like the moment we just decided we were going to go to New York. We didn't have any plans. We didn't have any place to stay. Luckily we, we tried all the hotels. They were all taken up. <laughs> Luckily we stayed at a hostel or hostel. Wait, how old were you? uh 19 20 oh, yeah pretty, pretty young yeah okay. yeah and, and you and you found out real quick that trying to get a hotel room for less than 300 a night in new york is is, uh, is fundamentally impossible. impossible it's pretty impossible but thankfully mm-hmm. we found the, the hostel and and it was crazy because we got lucky <laughs> we were able to get the last room and in that room they said look you know we got three beds and it's just like is it a room and it's just like yeah there's actually four I was just like, can we take all four? Because there was three of us and, and we can split the difference and just take the whole room. And they're like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. And so we ended up doing that. And thankfully, that kept any kind of weirdos mm-hmm. from, you know, you know, probably you know, waking up to us like or like waking up to some weirdo at the foot of our bed being like, you know, looking at us weird. You know? so- <laughs> being a group of guys at a hostel or a hotel is certainly a very different experience from being a young female in your early 20s yeah. who's by herself, right. who doesn't know her ass from her elbow, to be yes. honest. Because, I mean, I'm sorry, that, that happened in t- 2013. Mm-hmm. Now, I do my homework, like 2012 was when I went back to England again. And I wanted to stay in some new areas and there were some really cheap rooms coming up and London is just like New York, like mm-hmm. get a room for under three fifty, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. So I was doing my homework and I really had to like, make sure and double check the streets and what's looked up the neighborhood, looked up the crime rates. I mean, if you just do it willy nilly and trust yeah. Expedia. Eh. You are so much smarter than I was when I was 20. Cause <laughs> all I cared about was getting the plane ticket. I got there and Thankfully, it was three of us, but we were all idiots. So <laughs> it's just, yeah. And but you're right. Like it's it's safer for men, right? I mean, stuff and is safer in a group. It's safer in a group. Group men, yeah. The group alone is a is a better thing. If you're traveling yeah. alone, that's a whole other shebang. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. But like, yeah. So, but we're idiots. So stuff still could have happened to us. But thankfully, nothing happened. But it's unfortunate because this woman actually had bipolar disease or bipolar disorder depression yeah Yeah, disorder and so it's part of part of her downfall in this in this series is the in in this documentary is the fact that she or you know why she died or why she passed away is because of her bipolar which was ultimately the thing that they tell us right but they they drag us through this stuff and, and tell us, well, it could be this guy, or it could be that guy, and then there's a history of this, and there's a history of that, and it's all very fascinating in itself, right? Like, there's all these cool—I shouldn't say cool—but very interesting stories of all these murders and other things that could have happened, or that happened in the past. And I would have loved to have heard some of that a little more in depth, right? Like this, this Cecil Hotel, in itself, is very interesting. So, like this particular story is probably as tragic as it is the least interesting in all the things that could have happened in this place. Cause right. Like, yeah. Like you said, there's mass murderers or serial killers. Yeah. It's just, uh, 
it's really interesting that that it's it's really minor in comparison to some of the things like um i was going to mention a couple of the things that happened so there was the terrible story of the 19 year old woman who had a baby and threw it out the window because she didn't want her her boyfriend to know she had a baby Mm -hmm. oh mind-blowing then there was the pigeon goldie woman oh yeah pigeon goldie the neighborhood for feeding the pigeons at Pershing Square, which I actually went to when I was there. And she was strangled, stabbed, assaulted, all this stuff. So like, there's all of these things that are more crazy, more convoluted, kind of confusing you're interested in. But Elisa is a story that it's only really captured imaginations because of the video that went viral and people read into it, whatever the hell they wanted to. And I think that's that's the whole crux of the series is just how mind bogglingly stupid people are. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know how else to to say it. I don't think there's a nice way to say it. Maybe stupid. You just went you fair. went against your rule before the podcast. Yeah, I know. You're just going I'm, all out. <laughs> but but it, it's you. So so the, uh, let's just give the context. So the, the whole crux of the documentary is that this, this woman, Elisa Lamb, who is traveling alone and uh, on kind of a cross-country trip, she's from Vancouver, British Columbia. She ends up staying at the Stay on Main, which is this, they kind of converted a section of the Cecil Hotel into a, a hostel. Right. And, and freshened it up and made it nice and pretty. Um, <clears throat> and she's staying there and getting like progressively sort of loopier. Yeah. And she, gets then, off, she goes off her meds. That well, was the major thing right. right there. She she goes off her. She's she has bipolar disorder. She goes off her meds and she starts getting erratic and then she disappears. Right. Yes. And it turned into this whole conspiracy blowing up the internet viral thing. Uh, because after, after kind of coming up dead ends, the, the Los Angeles police released some security camera footage of her acting really weird on an elevator. And of course they release security camera footage. That's not pure. You know, they release security camera footage that it's not so much altered. It's just that portions of it are cut out. And of course, they're going to do that because there might be something there that's sensitive to the investigation. Right. I I, I, one thing I just I I can't help it, but I'm kind of cracking up because I know you're getting angry. (laughs) You get a little frustrated and you're holding it back. (laughs) Like idiots. Well, (laughs) and so they released this video, right? The the L.A. police released this video. It goes viral and you get the quote unquote web sleuth community. Oh. Yeah. Which you know what, and and I, what what are the qualifications I, for a web sleuth? I'd, I'd I like to know. What? It's fun. It's 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 a hobby. But some of these people, let's talk about a couple of the people that are featured as talking heads. They look like they need a little help themselves. Like what's going on with them? <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna pass judgment that way. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, but I, will. Just, you know. I will. I <laughs> will. But, no, but I 
honestly think there's something wrong in someone's life or they've had some sense of loss in their life when they feel the need they have to like i'm very interested in crime true crime mm -hmm. i have you know, law enforcement in my family, specifically detectives who've worked on crimes, I've been interested in learning more about that, but I'm not about to purport myself as some kind of faux detective, go on the internet and say, I solved the crime by looking at one elevator video. Yeah. That's not even the full original clip. Well, yeah. Well, some of them didn't and just go to the video. They actually stayed at the hotel. Yes, they, yeah, people start going to the hotel. Yeah. They start documenting their stay there. Like they're, they're, Super First of all, thank you. But no, like, no. would you want to stay there overnight after that kind of stuff? Why no, not? hell no, no, hell. I would not. <laughs> well, that's because we're smart, we're or at least smarter. I, I mean, mean, maybe to be fair, maybe when I was younger, right? I've gone well, to haunted, supposedly haunted places when I was younger, but I think there's a difference between going to a cemetery or a paranormal site and going somewhere where you know very specifically the murders right. and things that happen yeah. there right well i mean they do a good job of, of giving you a, a kind of like a, a a diagram or like telling you who actually stays at this place mm. and it's just like it, it's yeah there's there's tourists but then there are people who rent there who live there because they right. can't afford or, or won't be let to be or they won't be uh, allowed to rent any place else so you have these people who have records, who mm -hmm. are rapists, you know, who, who have come out of the insane asylum. There's all kinds of reasons these people are staying there and they all live on the upper levels of the hotel. Well, the first two levels, the first two levels yeah. are permanent residents. Oh, is and that then what there's is? the upper levels, right? Yeah. But it's I mean, it's kind of like, you know, less like kind of like the Hotel Chelsea in New York, where it's. It's not apartments, but people who don't have the wherewithal, people who are somewhere in between truly being homeless and, but still on the margins of society, right? Yeah. And, and of course, this place is going to have a crazy history because it caters specifically to desperate people. I'm and not it started not, off as a middle-class hotel, but when the mm -hmm. depression hits, obviously you have to find money any way you can. And that's yeah. just when that culture began. And it's so weird to see the juxtaposition of like, so there's this group on Facebook that I found after I was like, I'm a psychic, officially a psychic. <laughs> I'm just a <laughs> all seer of all things. I'm going to get my like beads in my doorways, all that business. Um, and I, I joined this Facebook group and I guess you're not supposed to ask for free readings, but I kept seeing these posts where people would post a picture and say, do you get energy from this? Tell me what you see. And then I thought that was okay. So I posted a Google lobby picture from the Cecil hotel and then I got in trouble and they took the post down. So I didn't realize you're not supposed to ask for free readings, i.e. what do you see when you see this picture? But people were weighing in and saying a couple of things that were accurate. One was that they saw a railroad, which it used to run underneath the Cecil Hotel. Oh, wow. Interestingly, I looked that up. And then um, some other people said they felt like it was a which seemed more obvious because it didn't look like a, a lobby with like the, the, like the 
main check-in area, but at the same time, you could kind of tell it could be hotel. So some people were saying, I see people like checking in, blah, 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 which is not really that cool. But some other people had said they had felt like some very bad things had happened there year after year. And I was like, well, that's a little <laughs> closer. Um, but again, I don't know how much truth is in these things, but I personally think it's interesting when you think about that lobby and the art deco over the mm. topness, and then just thinking about these dingy, creepy, sticky floored rooms that were upstairs with drugs discarded. And why would that woman, by the way, the worst manager of anything that's <laughs> ever been managed, she shouldn't manage a hot dog stand. Why does she... She was the weirdest talking head. It's like, she's like a lady who like got risen up in life, but she should have been lowered down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like the embodiment of the Peter principle. Yes. I mean, do you really think that woman was qualified to deal with Skid Row and the people that lived in the Cecil Hotel? Oh no, she was not qualified. And it is no. not a, and it's I'm not willing a... to bet she was probably hired because she was desperate for a job and they couldn't get anybody else to take the yep. job. Well, exactly. yeah, nobody else. Yeah, everybody else knew better, right? They probably knew about the history. And mm. she came along, she had enough qualifications, right? And so they gave it to her. She was but alive. She yeah. was alive. <laughs> she had a pulse. I was I was thinking more like from a managerial kind of professional. No, she never even worked in a hotel before. Like that's that true. Is ridiculous. <laughs> but I got the impression that maybe she had some kind of corporate experience or something like that. Cause she tried. She was she tried. Really young. Yeah. I need to look her back up, but the fact that she called her mother before she called the police. That was a little weird. That was yeah. weird. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I would have admitted to that. <laughs> well, I, I think she's just she being might have done it, but you're not going to admit to it. Right. Like it's yeah, not right. The wise yeah, exactly. That, that, that wouldn't be something I would disclose in a documentary. Because it really maybe, does sound like that's... something I would do if I was 22. Like, mom, mm, mom, uh, there's a yeah. dead body. What do I do? Right? And my mom yeah. would be like, call the cops, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe she know. was so, young when that happened. Because she was, this was, a, what, 10 years ago at least, right? So but she wasn't 2013. Very young. She looks to be yeah. in her mid-40s, wouldn't you say? Or early 50s even? I think maybe. I want to say mid forties, but thirty mid, mid to late forties. I would thirty think. is still pretty kind of young, you know. I mean, but it's not doe-eyed young, you know what no. I mean? You want to see some stuff in that time. Yeah, but I mean, you still may not know better depending on who you are. You know? What were you going to say, Dan? Oh, I don't know. Uh <laughs> you already lost it. You already lost uh, it. I I I just wanted to. I, I th we we have to talk more about these web sleuth people. Yes, we have to because <laughs> it's the well. Really number one, it's the going. biggest part. It's the biggest part of the um the doc the series. Well, is talking about these web sleuths and what what they ultimately did and how they blew this thing up into this massive, basically, uh, conspiracy viral so, conspiracy theory. Before we dip into this, I just want to say really quickly that I actually do remember that video trending. I remember the people saying, oh, there's a video of a girl in an elevator. You have to watch it. And I never watched it. <laughs> so had I watched that, I would have known going into this documentary. And I'm a person who, again, I like true crime. I like paranormal stuff. I felt a little embarrassed that I didn't know the history of this. But, you know, I, I do remember the video being a trend. I just never chose to watch it but it was it was big it, it really was big yeah 
Yeah. And just the, <laughs> the, the whole concept of it just strikes me in all of the wrong ways. It just how people are driven to think, you know, they, they get into conspiracy theories and somehow like they get convinced that they know something somebody else doesn't know, or they have the eyes that somebody else doesn't have. And they get, and they, they start doing this very specific thing. And I talked about this ad nauseum when we did the aliens episode, very specific thing where a lack of evidence or a lack of information equals evidence to them. I like how you get a lack of evidence is the same thing as rock solid <laughs> eyewitness fucking proof. Something out of shape. Because <laughs> because it's not just it's stuff like this. Crime, you wouldn't be able to convict someone without the proper evidence. Right. Yeah. And and it's not just conspiracy theories. Like that this that attitude, that attitude of well, since I don't have all of the information and I can't find all of the information, I'm going to make way wacky, lunatic leaps of logic. That's not just con- the realm of conspiracy theory anymore. That's how our fucking society works now. And well, look at our politics. Well, look I mean, at the way that people go after each other. And it's all based on totally being totally uninformed or only finding the information that supports what you already believe. And it's dangerous, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, uh, again, one of the victims of all this is that morbid character, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, the the web sleuths come after him and basically just... You know, he, he can't oh, even. Ru- they they, they ru- tore his life apart. They tore on his the life basis apart. Of what? Let's talk about that and give context. Yeah. So, on the basis that he had a video and at one time had stayed at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, he Correct. posted a video. If I remember the the way it was laid out, he posted a video like of him staying at the Cecil Hotel, like two days before or something like that. She disappeared. Right. He posted a video. And everybody jumped on, oh, this guy must have done it because he makes music about death and killing yeah. people. Yeah, nobody else and, does that. You know? Right, yeah. And he, yeah. And he released a, a, a music video of, like, the, the whole point of the music video was this girl was running through the forest and then she gets murdered at the end. Yeah. He also and made then, some comment about China or something. Some, in one yeah, of- he, he made some com- comment that people interpreted to be some kind of subtle and nuanced admission of guilt. Yeah. Right. Because the, the girl is Asian, right? She's actually of Chinese descent, right? Chinese descent, but from Canada. Right. Yes. Correct. And so people just make these massive leaps of logic. Well, as it happens, he posted that video, but he wasn't, he was, it was a year earlier. It was Mm -hmm. a year before that he was in the hotel and he just, didn't post the video until that week, right? Yeah. I and mean, nobody, are- nobody bothered to in all of these web sleuths. Nobody bothered to investigate that. Nobody right? bothered to find out. Oh, did he really stay there on that day? It didn't fit their narrative. No, <laughs> did right. you knock your, your mic I, screen? I, 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 keep I like how it just came out of nowhere. It was like whoa. 
He just he's just waving his arms around and he's knocking the shit off his desk. He's really he's really upset <laughs> with no, these I, damn web salute. It, it, it gets me all riled up. It really does because I mean they're so fucking sure. They're a hundred percent convinced that they know. And, and it's why? Why do you know? Because you spent eight hours re-watching over and over and over the same two minute video clip yeah. that you know was fucking altered. It's insanity. And and because it was altered, that the fact that oh, the time code doesn't match up. There's 53 seconds missing. Yeah. They also don't maybe the cops that. took out that 53 seconds for a reason. Exactly. And, and, and maybe that reason isn't a conspiracy. Maybe that reason isn't to hide the fact that, that <laughs> a, a grand level to Congress conspiracy against the American people that somehow and arms are working overtime. A, a Canadian, they're flying all over the place. His arms. <laughs> I want him to be able to punch a wall or something. I could. My <laughs> ceiling is really low. I'm. I could like punch the ceiling right now. But Dan, how do you explain the tuberculosis thing? Where oh, where God. there's the test and it, and the test. Yes, yeah. the test was Lamb and Liza. Right. Yeah. How do you explain that, man? And that, that stuff was really fascinating. And and I will say, like when they started to get into that stuff, I was like, well, that's an awful lot of coincidence. That though, I was just about to say that there are things in this story which they mention specifically, but there are things that sync up. But it just seems to be a well, really weird coincidence. And that's oh, that's well, I think when the, all the all the web sleuths keep saying like, oh, this is there are too many things to be coincidences. No, motherfucker, coincidences happen all the goddamn time. Was <laughs> 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 just. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's just cracking me up because you get so angry. What I I would like to see, I would really genuinely like to see a set a follow-up to this to this series Uh where they do four episodes of probing into what are the qualifications of these web sleuths who tore somebody's (laughs) life apart. And not just they didn't just tear apart the poor actor guy's life. Mm -hmm. Think about it. They're they're digging into somebody's death. So yeah. they're tearing apart the sister's life. They're tearing apart the parent's life. They're sending emails to people. They're telling yeah. they're sending they're, they're probably being a pain in the ass to the police because they're and like, somebody I know that they don't know. They've never met. Why? Why are you so? You know, these people, the reason police ask for help from the community is to identify someone. They can't find someone. Maybe they're hiding out with you or someone, you know, it's never an instance where the police are like, help us solve the crime. Right. With yeah. These- with these things that aren't even really accurate. You have a video that's yeah. not the full video, but please keep watching it and maybe you will be the yeah. first person to foot to crack the case. Yeah. Do, do you have any information or know any details of what may have happened on the evening of whenever it was is very different than please join our investigation oh. and try to do our <laughs> job better than we can. Well, here's the problem with web sleuths, because I actually saw another documentary. And one of the reasons I thought this was interesting was because I saw this other documentary with web sleuths who actually saved the day. And it's the whole uh, what was it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it's another Netflix documentary, another series. It's something about don't kill my cat or don't kill cats on the Internet. Oh, yeah. Don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck with cats. They there was a a psychopath who was raring up to kill people. He hasn't gotten across. He hadn't leaped across into people yet, 
but he was doing all kinds of things to animals and people, these web sleuths, they were following him all over the, the world. Right. And Most they, people were zeroing in on where his apartment could be based on an angle of a picture from a video capture. They those people were hardcore. They were crazy, man. Crazy. Dan, have you seen this? But, no, I haven't seen it. And I didn't watch it because I knew exactly what it was about. <laughs> and I, I knew what would happen. Yeah, this would happen. Well, and, but, and like, here's the thing. Does that. Does that documentary, and again, from the standpoint of not having seen it, does that really vindicate web sleuths or no. were the web sleuths no. getting information that the fucking police could have fucking gotten on their own and probably were getting on their own? Emily, correct me if I'm wrong, but unfortunately, I, I believe the web sleuths did save the day, but all the crap that they did, all the investigation that they did was all from either social media, them gathering stuff. It was that kind of stuff. It wasn't like they went someplace and dusted for some fingerprints or stuff like that. They None of that. Source anything in person, but they yeah. did a lot of surveillance, like kind of like del deep delving, which again, the police have a budget for this. Like, why aren't they yeah. dedicating yeah. more time to these things? And I'll tell you that documentary, the most disturbing thing is there's actual video of this guy smothering cats in plastic bags so that's why i had a hard time watching it dan you might have a hard time just because you get mad at the web sleuth <laughs> <laughs> but either way it's a hard it was a hard watch for me i had to turn away at certain points because i thought that was so sad but it was interesting to see these people yes it's the same kind of people yeah but they were being much more tactical and smart about who did what and how they were collecting information as opposed to, we're just going to keep watching a video and not yeah. pay attention to where she's right. passing and just keep guessing, right. hoping an oh, idea comes up. There, there, people over and over, they kept showing clips of more and more of these web sleuths posting their, their videos to YouTube about, you know, one guy in particular said, you know, I, I I haven't ever read anything about bipolar disorder making people behave that way. Oh, because you read you haven't read about it doesn't it means it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. And I'm watching the video and I'm thinking to myself, well, the first time they show the video, the first the moment she starts pressing all the buttons and peeking out uh, out of the doors, I'm thinking, oh, she's having a manic episode. That That's the first crazy. thought that crossed my mind. Yep. I did I did not think of that. I was just and like, what's going on? Andrew, to have experienced it or seen it or read about it to really know that but if you have the minute you see it you go what are they trying to get out of this she's having mm -hmm. there's something wrong there's a breakdown happening yeah you see i i did not the know whole that. the whole thing is just this this massive testament to how real the dunning kruger effect is you know it's just a massive testament to people just assume that they're competent People just make just walk into whatever situation and assume they actually know something, regardless of what they don't know. And We've talked about this, Edgar, a lot. The fact that, you know, people take different things from different experiences. And I think a lot of people wanted to see something paranormal with the way she was moving her hands. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, that poor girl is breaking down. Either yeah. she's on a drug, which I think is we figured out she's not, or she's having an episode because she has a mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, and it's unfortunate, but like in reality, in this, in this particular documentary or story, the villains are the web sleuths. I mean, they're just 
yeah go, they're just making a mess of stuff and it's like yeah and you have to think they, they they're not even just making a mess of people's lives by the scope of what they did they actually made it more difficult for the police to get their investigation done yes yep, yep. yes yeah i mean 90 was it 19 days it took to find her yeah something like that yeah 19 days it took to find her it's and, just so no, and that's they were there too. They were there on that mm-hmm. roof. So they, if here's another example, if they're not checking the water tanks, if they don't have someone going to the top of the top of the top yeah. of the building, they were on the roof, but they didn't look at the whole roof. So what else yeah. are these other investigators, like in the cat documentary, missing that they should have found? You know? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's sad and it's sad for her family. It's no, sad it's... for people that had to drink the water. It's also sad. For... <laughs> It's especially sad for the girl, Elisa, and her family Mm -hmm. that she had to be in there for 19 days before her ass was found. That's the most fucked up thing to me. That poor girl was in there for that long. So, like, one of the things that kind of probably threw people off, especially people like the web sleuths, is the fact that she was in the water and naked. Because the first assumption is, oh, she was assaulted, right? She was sexually assaulted somehow. Mm -hmm. Or something, something of that nature happened, right? And at the end of the documentary, the one of the police officers actually mentioned that when you get hypothermia, you have this weird yeah, the ME, the medical examiner. Yes. Oh, was it the medical examiner? Mm-hmm. You have this uh, weird thing. It's called what is it? A paradoxal. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the first time I ever but, heard of that, actually. But you start your body starts to feel warm. Your body starts to feel warm. And that's pretty much right before you die. Mm-hmm. You know, but and the so fact that she and, was then correct me if I'm wrong. She was then stripping her clothes off herself. Right. Yes. Well, yes. And you know, if you're drowning, you do a lot of things, right? If you, yes. if number one, if you're drowning, you're trying to to wade, uh, tread water. Well, you're wearing clothes. Your clothes are soaking up all that water, and it's making you hard. It's making you less buoyant, and yeah. so you're going to take your clothes off. Yeah. You know, or if you're having, if, if you're going into hypothermia and this is happening to you, you're going to st- strip in your clothes off because <clears throat> you feel like you're burning up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's called paradoxal but, undressing. Undressing. Yeah. Yeah. But you have the whole web sleuth community out there who, I mean, not a single one of them took five minutes to Google hypothermia, you know, yeah. not a single one of them took five minutes to Google. Well, what ha- what, what kind of crazy stuff do people do when they're drowning? Yeah. People know the history as well of the hotel. So they want to assume based on the history yeah. and the paranormal aspects of the hotel, if there <laughs> are any, and the violence that happened, that she must have been murdered. That's the only thing that could have happened. Obviously, it was mm. murder. Yeah. And what did you guys think about the, um, again, ridiculous, the comparisons to Dark Water? Because I've seen both of those films, the original and the remake. I have not seen those movies, but I was just like, oh, so like at that point, I still wasn't sure what was happening. And I thought, oh, we have one of these copycat murder people, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they're, you know, seeing something and then copying. So like I found that interesting. I didn't at that point I was past the whole supernatural thing because I mean, that gets you like first episode, maybe going into the second. I was over that. You know, I was just mm-hmm. like, OK, you know, this is not a scary story. This is a story about murder, right? But yeah, it's uh, I found that interesting. But again, just a coincidence. 
Yeah. It is just a coincidence. I mean, it's creepy because I've seen those films and I know how it plays out very, very similarly um, in terms of where the person is found. Um, but that being said, it at the end of the day, it's just a tragedy that happened. And it happened because the tanks weren't locked. She was looking very likely for somewhere to hide. Maybe she knew there was water in there. Maybe she didn't. If she didn't, maybe the water shocked her. And then that's when she started stripping down and couldn't mm -hmm. get back up. It's more logical to think that there was a terrible accident because of people not doing the fucking shit they should be doing when yeah. they run a business. Um, although the manager claims that apparently they didn't need locks on the tanks. But I, I'm wondering how many buildings not only have water tanks like that specifically, but also the fire escape on the side that just gets access to the roof. That to me, I get having access to outside your window, but why the roof from that vantage point? And if that was the case, why didn't they have a, like a, a, a security type thing up there? Like an alarm that goes off if someone hits the roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so fire escapes, I mean, by law, it has yeah. to be there. It, it has to have roof access. It has to have access for the windows coming up and down. And I mean, yeah, I guess you probably could have figured out a way to have an alarm up there. But I mean, it's a, it's an old dumpy building that they're not putting any money into, right? So. And who even knows they, if the one on the door was working? Because well, right. it sounded yeah. like maybe it wasn't working all the time. Yeah. Right. And or she could as far very, as. Go, go ahead. ahead. Um, she could have very easily just climbed up there through the fire escape herself. You know, like yeah, like yeah. She, yeah. She because she's in this. She's in the thralls of this. You know, episode. And so well, she's not living in reality. She's not I mean, living that, in reality. Definition of a manic episode. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not experiencing reality. And, and I've not seen that kind of, you know, behavior up close. Like we were talking about Edgar, that Dan and I were saying we could identify like her breaking down when she was in the elevator. But again, I think that we've talked about this before in other podcasts. You always have to look to science first and try to explain yeah. something before you go running for the hills. Oh, is that a foot? Is that someone else's foot by the door? Oh, there must be someone in her eyeline that she's talking to. Oh, hey, or maybe it's the monster's <clears throat> fucking head because she's got problems. Like yeah, that's the yeah. more logical like conclusion. And yet everyone wants to believe the most interesting, inexplicable version of things. Well, because yeah. they have to know. They, yeah. they, they, they have to be right. It's important that they are right, that they know more than the next person. What is this it's complex? important to their self-image. What think is the that's, complex of a web sleuth? Please tell me. Uh, that's interesting. That's, that's what bothers me the most about it is they're not doing this. I, I don't know, maybe some of them are, but they're not doing this altruistically. They're not doing this out of some kind of sense of justice. They're doing it for, to basically recognition well to to stroke validate. their own ego you yes. know to stroke their own ego to validate what they want to believe to to can to get the evidence they need for themselves that they are good at this web sleuthing stuff yeah these and people that are probably having a hard time with other things don't you imagine like I, they're not good at well life. why would you why would you spend 10 hours a day yeah what watching a surveillance video for for tiny little nuggets if, if you're not what, what are you getting out of it 
Yeah. You know, and there was the one guy who was like the dental student who very clearly he was going through a rough time in his life. And this was the thing that, that gave him a reason to keep, I don't know about, I don't know if he said he was suicidal or anything, but it was the thing that gave him a reason to get up in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a weird thing to give you a reason to get up in the morning. And, you know, I kind of feel sympathetic to that guy because boy, did he go down the wrong rabbit hole, you know? I think that sometimes people, I'm just like spitballing here, but I think sometimes people, when they're in that zone where they, maybe they've lost their job, they've gone through a divorce, they've experienced a tragedy, they don't have anything to live for in their mind. When they see something where they think they know what happened or that they could figure it out, mm-hmm. they just hold on for dear life, hoping that that's yeah. the way out of that sadness, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And for for that dental student guy, that clearly was the case. But then for the rest of the people, I'm, you know, I'm... Obviously, I'm making assumptions because I didn't bother to research any of the other web sleuths that they showed. But all of those web sleuths were podcasters, like true crime podcasters, YouTube web sleuths. I mean, that's that's what they do. They have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they're making money off of this. Yes. It's their livelihood. It's not some some grand altruistic search for justice. And, you know... Try not to lose sight of that fact. Yeah. I'm not saying they're evil or anything because of that. People are selfish. That's how people are. But, but this idea that they're, they're crusaders for justice is laughable. Well, and to your point, one of them started their channel on this case. So like this case allowed him to start his channel, Mm -hmm. which means, you know, he got eyeballs, he got clicks, and then Mm -hmm. eventually he got money. Right. You Mm -hmm. know what? This is, We've talked about this a little bit before too, but like social media is starting to like, when we did the podcast together, Dan, I remember we talked, we touched a bit on like the idea of you have to have this like existence on social media yeah. to stand up comedian. Then you've got these people now. I've been talking about true crime my whole life. And like when the podcast started, I was like, wow, I really missed the boat on that. Like, this is something <laughs> I like to talk about. But now I'm like, seeing how it's so saturated and you've got these people that are like pretending to be experts in things that they don't really understand. And then the rest of the internet is taking what they say to be truth. Like I'm out, man. I'm out. (laughs) That's influencer culture is really disturbing just in that regard, because there are people who are legitimately influencers. And I'm using, I'm not using that term in the, in the content creator sense, I'm using that term in the sense that they influence the decisions that people make. And what are the qualifications for them to be influencing people that way? You know? Yeah. Um, Very similar to the elevator video. I think it's, you see what you want to see in someone else. So you go, Oh, they agree with what I say Mm -hmm. and they believe what I believe. So I'm going to follow them. That's like a cult. Yeah. 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 And now it's, it's cultism is mainstream because of it, (sighs) but circling back to the water tanks on the top of the building, Mm -hmm. that's very common. Uh, When you have a building that's over a certain height, the water pressure can't push the water all the way up to the top. So you need to have water tanks that are gravity fed. That's, that's pretty common. 
uh, especially I knew that in, about the height, but what about like Chicago has those water towers? Are those different yep. from the ones that are on top of the Cecil Hotel? Uh, I don't really know, but I know I've seen several water tanks on top of tall buildings in Chicago. Okay. Uh, but in, in LA too, you're going to have water tanks on the top of buildings. It's going to be a lot more common because LA is a desert. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was wondering because I don't see that type in Chicago very often. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I don't like the idea of water being sourced in that way. If I'm being really honest, <laughs> I don't know if I have a choice in the hotels I stay at, but I'm not really big fan of it. Um, just thinking about like the fact that it wasn't locked and then anyone could be up there messing with the water. Someone could have poisoned the water. In the yeah. hotel. You know yeah. what I mean? If it was really a hotel you know, where crimes are being committed. I mean, I, it's tough to say. I used to manage a building, um, not like an apartment building or a hotel or anything, but a building that had roof, it was tall, had roof access, had all sorts of machinery and equipment on the roof. And I mean, there was no security for, for the roof, like, because the, number one, you had to have keys to get to where the roof access was in the first place. Okay. But there were like, there were no alarms for getting up on the roof, no, nothing like that. And nothing was like locked or battened down on the roof because no one's going to go up there. You know, it's, it's just not a thing. And um, I, I can totally see the there not being any like building code that says the water tanks have to be locked or secured in any way. Because why, you know, nobody's going up there. The only people that go up there are people who service the equipment that's on the roof. Yeah. Or someone, you see, this is the problem with, with a movie or a show like this or a documentary like this, because then it's just like, now they're going to push all kinds of codes. They're going to be like, okay, we need, we need some kind of rules. We need, we need something like, okay, it's not just these guys that go up there. We have to be careful because some well, dummy can run up, run up there I mean, and fall off. Or I guarantee like there are codes in place. And, yeah. and my question would be, when's the last time that the Cecil Hotel was inspected? You know, yeah, that, yeah. That, that would be kind of the first question as opposed to why weren't the tanks locked? That's a good point. When's the last time they had a safety inspection? You know, I wonder with a place like that, you see, like my parents used to own a grocery store at one point and we got inspected at least once a year and we had some haters Mm -hmm. and there was maybe a good three months where we were getting inspected. Like, I don't know, a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. So like, it all depends. I don't know what LA is like, but I think it all depends on who calls. If there's anybody calling and uh, what is the regular schedule for, you know, inspectors to go and hit a place like that. But you know what's weird though too is the fact that the people that were sh- the manager our favorite manager who's the best manager in the world of all managers <laughs> when she starts talking about the fact that well no one really ever questioned why there were sometimes people that looked a little strange in the same elevator as them who were going up on stay on main versus the people that live there and i'm like you know what if i stayed at a place like that i would expect to see a lot of other smelly travelers but if I saw someone shooting up or having sex on the elevator, I'm guessing I probably would complain. Yeah. Or leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be traveling these days, I'm going to be traveling with my family. Right. So, yeah, I'm not going to. Well, you're not staying at the Cecil, which, by the way, did Hell you no. remember at the end of this series when they said that what they're working on, they want to have a pool on that roof? I like, know. 
Yeah. Leave the roof alone. Leave the roof alone. Let that poor girl no, just yeah. At Come this on. point, at this point, with all the history of that building, seriously, just tear it down. Tear it, tear down. it down and build something. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Tearing I it down. I can't, I can't even imagine, I'm to be honest, to be honest, I can't even imagine it being less expensive to tear it down and build something new than it would be to rehab it. Well, but he paid 80-something million dollars for it. I don't know what happens when you buy a building and then you don't do anything with it. But um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that, well, one of the problems is that the, the, the way it's set up or there's whatever, it has whatever codes, it has to have low, oh, low income. Right. You can't only knock it down. It's protected. Yeah. It yeah. has to have that, that, that like hoteling or permanent residence faction. I mean, if they could turn that into all low income housing, successfully and safely i mean okay but i still think that i got vibes just walking past there where i was like girl run for the hills run go 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 except it wasn't quite like that obviously it wasn't like i was scared but i felt like if i walked in there what would i have felt like it was closed at that point but like just feeling that way out on the sidewalk like and I don't usually, like, I can usually get bad energies from people. I'm like, I don't like that guy, or I don't like that person, or there's something weird about that person. But this was like a full body experience. And I was like, I've never had anything like that before. That's crazy. It's It was weird. And I, I again, I regret not looking it up, but I wasn't thinking, mm. oh, you just had a weird experience no. with the other world or something. I, I no, just thought- You were thinking, just get away from here. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. and, the, and honestly- Here's the truth also. I would like to talk a bit about Skid Row as well. The Intercontinental is a couple of blocks away. That really cool bookstore is a couple of blocks away. Mm -hmm. You go two more blocks up from where the Cecil is and you're right in the middle of Skid Row. Sure. I I wasn't told in 2019, don't go down that way. And I started walking alone down that way at night. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So imagine a girl from, and again, I usually do my homework, but I was staying at a different hotel. But imagine a girl like her who doesn't know the city at all. She thinks, oh, it looks like a cute hotel. It's cheap. Uh, it should be fine. And then you're in the middle of the hotbed of, you mm-hmm. know, the fact that something else didn't happen to her could have been amazing. Her, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, it, you would think that in a city like Los Angeles, where you have Skid Row that's been Skid Row for basically a century now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That instead of instead of having this bright idea of, well, let's just accept that this is Skid Row and just marshal all of the, the elements that we don't want anywhere else in the city into this one area. So we'll concentrate all of the fringe people in this one area. You, you would think that over the course of a century, they might instead, gee, how do we, how do we help these people that are on the fringe, not be on the fringe anymore? Yeah. I don't you know. know. I don't know if you that's can, the story you know. of America. That's not yeah. the story of Los Angeles. That's mm-hmm. the story of America where it's just, we'll just, well, we'll just keep pushing the fringes farther. You know, we'll, we'll once, once people get to a certain level of fringiness, we just fuck them, you know? Uh, I don't know. Well, like, I lived in LA for about six or seven months. And while I was there, I mean, you know, I was looking for a job I, like, like you, Emily, at one point 
I wanted to be in LA and, and make a career out of being an animator. And so I actually lived in, and I tried real hard, but apparently not hard enough. Uh, but while I was there, you take interviews and you go places and you see things and man, it was like that in, I think I was there in 1990, 1989. No. Yeah. No, 19. I'm not that old. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say. 1998. I was like very young in 89. Okay. Yeah. 1998, 1999. Uh, that's when I was there. And it was. I was it in was, high school. I was yeah. in high school, Edgar. <laughs> Just to make you feel old. I was in thank, high school in 1999. Thank you. Thank you. This, yeah, I feel old. <laughs> but, I, I was in college, but still you're old. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dan. I knew I could count on you to back me up. <laughs> but no, but like it was a mess then, you know, there was I remember driving and seeing needles on the ground. I was mm -hmm. driving through Skid Row. I, I don't know where I'm going, you know, but then all of a sudden I'm in an area where there's nothing but homeless people all up on the wall. And I kid you not. I mean, it's a mess, right? It's, a, it's everything you can imagine Skid Row mm -hmm. would be. But as I'm driving, there were needles on the ground, like straight up needles and not just one or two, you know, just but all over quite a few enough like for scattered. me. To, yeah. For me to see that there were needles on the ground. I'm like, how many people are shooting up here? You know, like there's a lot of needles. Like it, it almost gave me the impression that maybe a box broken open and got scattered hmm. down the street. You know, it, it was obnoxious. This is years ago, years ago. And I can't believe that an area like this can still be like this. You know, like how it's can it's been like that for a hundred years, man. Like it, it's crazy. They, they literally drop, like they mentioned in the series, they drop people off there. They have not a care in the world for them. And they just let them further mm -hmm. fall into this world. I did see a news story that some, a few hundred or maybe even a couple thousand of people over 65 who live there were actually recently vaccinated for COVID, mm -hmm. which is very cool. But it doesn't change the fact that they're constantly passing other things around yeah. and nobody cares about them. And the part about Los Angeles to me that I find interesting, and now I'm almost like, I'd like to move there, but not to be part of that world. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that no, because I'm fascinated by just the darkness of it. There's this shiny let's go there on a vacation, silly people like me, age 18, let me become an actress. And then I had like, I had mentors that were like, think about staying in Chicago or doing theater in New York. I, I, it's, you might not like LA. And I couldn't figure out what people were talking about. And there's this, like the rich people that like are part of Hollywood part of it. And then you've got the sadness, the darkness, the despair, the people that come there who live out of their cars, who live on yeah. the street who want to be famous and turn to drugs and prostitution. It's a sad fucking city. And I could yeah. feel it kind of around the city. Just this like idea of like, there's a lot of like poverty and sadness, which Chicago doesn't have the same experience with the homeless population as San Francisco and LA do. Like it's very different. Right. Because Chicago has winter. <laughs> it's yes. freezing yeah. in Chicago. And, and there's, and there's, there's there's definitely a homelessness problem in Chicago, but yeah, it's nothing like LA or San Francisco or Seattle now. Uh, yeah. Portland, Oregon for that. Portland, matter. Portland as well. But um, yeah, I mean, LA is, it's the city of dreams, right? And people go there and everybody, you've got this really weird 
merger of desperation and hopefulness. People, people who have hopes and dreams who are living a very desperate life in search of those hopes and dreams. And some of them make it, some of them succeed mm. and the grand majority of them don't. Yeah. A lot and, of them don't. And some of those people don't ever see the sign that says go back home. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't ever see that. And they just, they don't know that there's another option or another way to live. And, you know, they, they burn lifetimes. I mean, uh, even Elisa Lamb, to some extent was someone who was trying to, you know, saying she didn't feel like she was doing the same thing her peers were doing. She was trying to take this mm-hmm. trip to prove maybe to herself that she could be worldly. And she got to San Diego by herself but when she got to LA, obviously she wasn't sucked in likely by drugs or by anything else, but she still died this terrible death yep. in the city. That's just kind of connected to death in this well, creepy noir kind of way. Yeah. And, and somewhere along the, that travel route that she had, she stopped taking her med- med- medication. Yeah. And you know, something, something triggered that. Well, right? she has a history of doing that, according to her sister. Right. Well, and most people who have uh, any of the various manias, you know, bipolar disorder or or schizophrenia or, or whatnot, you know, they they stop taking their their medicine because mm-hmm. they have a disease that tells them they don't need their medicine. Well, you the know? other thing, t- too, is it's like one of the things I hear from people that, that have problems like this is that they feel shut down when they take these these drugs right sure. they, they feel like they're they're being turned off somehow or something like something they their energy gets stolen their life you sure know? And so so go people ahead even feel like that on low doses of like xanax and zoloft people say i don't feel like myself so they they try not to have to take it right. but if you have an occasional anxiety or depression or it's like not as severe that's maybe fine but if you have a mania or a serious condition, you can't just go on and off your meds like that. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you have like Elisa Lam had this uh, bipolar type one, which is super heavy duty and you, you get used to that from everything I've read, I, I'm not bipolar. I don't have, you know, any, any diagnosed mental disorders. Um, but I've read plenty about it because I have people in my life who, you know, have this. And one of the things that people speculate about is you get used to that manic feeling that, cause it's, a, it's, it's like a high, it's like getting a real heavy duty high from, from a stimulant, you know, like, and you know, you feel on top of the world. And of course, the flip side of that coin is, and then once that's over, you are in rock bottom, the worst depths you've ever felt in your life. And then when you start taking the drugs, it evens you out. But being evened out feels like there's something stifling you because mm-hmm. you're you're used to that regular, uh, occasionally even predictable bam, that, that massive dose of serotonin that drives you crazy and puts you into a manic episode. You get used to what that feels like. And when you take that away, then all of a sudden everything else feels muted. Even though you're not necessarily muted, you're just on an even keel 
And we're not privy to what Elisa Lamb was talking or acting like other than the elevator video mm-hmm. because the bookshop manager talks about like me talking to her and how she was really excited and talking about all these books. And I'm like, I didn't think much of that when I watched it, but now thinking back, maybe she was really up and like yeah. mad in that moment. That's why yeah. she was buying so many books, right? She was yeah. buying books she couldn't carry. And in terms of her other interactions, we know that she basically got kicked out of the group room because she was doing weird stuff and leaving weird notes and saying weird shit. And I'm like, we didn't get to see that. We had a pretty voiceover Mm. from some actress and we didn't get to see Elisa speak for real anywhere. We just saw her in the elevator. Yeah, right. Well, there's also a moment, I I believe she she was having another episode in front of the, I guess, the, the receptionist desk. And when she was like, basically, she came into the middle of the of the area and said, I'm crazy, you know, mm-hmm. deal with but it. But everyone's or something. crazy in L.A. or something. Or something like that. Like right. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so then, yeah. So then she just kind of skirted away after that, like just kind of ran off. And it's just like, like, uh, why didn't they tell us some of this in the beginning? They really kind of dragged this out. I felt like this could have been. Just like every uh, other thing, Edgar, how many datelines are four hours long? That should have been an hour and right. 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I, th- I think, I think what they were trying to do, you know, after the fact, mm. as I was thinking about it, what they were trying to do is send you down the same road that the web sleuths went down. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to, to, I don't want to say portray them in a sympathetic light, but, but maybe show how easy it would be to go down that road. Mm. Unless you're really smart like us, because we didn't go down that road at all. <laughs> oh, I totally did. <laughs> I am oh, not smart. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not smart. I'm cynical. There's a difference. Yeah. No, but that lends to that too. But I think that I I knew from the get go something wasn't adding up, and they were taking me on a ride that I was like, "Come on, get to the point." But I also liked hearing the history of the hotel, so I think that saved it for me. Yeah, I, I would yeah. have loved to hear more about the hotel just in general. And I actually watched it twice. I well, did too. Sort of. I watched it twice so because I kept I, I kept falling asleep, <laughs> and so I would I would go back and rewatch you know whatever I slept through. I missed a couple parts. I they when I went back because I like fast forward watched it the second time and I'm like, let me make sure I got everything here. And then I was yeah. like, oh, I missed that part because I was kind of getting yeah. Yeah. I and mean, to be fair, I wasn't falling asleep because I thought it was boring. I was falling asleep because I am an insomniac and I don't sleep well at night. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Well, I could relate to that too. I have the same problem. So yeah, yeah. it's hard to sit through that much of something like that. Um but I, I don't, I think it went fairly fast. My, my biggest problem with it was the fact that I don't think it um, portrayed this poor girl appropriately. I don't think, I mean, near the end, you hear the web sluice talking about her, like they know her and all the mm. creepy weirdness, but yeah. I don't think it did her a service by talking to the people ad nauseum about the water and they drink the water right. It was insulting to her memory, in my opinion, but there was also just the parts where I think it started falling apart for me because I thought, okay, I knew the end was going to be something that I expected to be more logical, like based in logic. But then for them to try to take me down personally on that road, I was like, why am I watching this? No, less of the morbid guy, more of the real story, because I knew that was a diversion the whole time. 
Right. Or you knew like I knew it was foreshadowing. Like I, I knew they were going to loop back to that and it was, it was going to be uh, like an aha moment, you know? And I got real impatient with it be, just because it was, especially by the, by the third episode, I, I was like, I just, I don't want to hear any more of these web sleuths <laughs> speak. I don't want to hear them speak. Part of, and, part of the joy of watching this. I watch TV. <laughs> Part of the joy of watching this was knowing that Dan is watching this and getting pissed off at the web sleuths. Because at one point he texts me and is like, man, these web sleuths. I forgot what you said. You said something. I'm like, oh, he's pissed off at the web sleuths. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. You know, so when I sat right. down, there were I'm gonna moments. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look there, it up. There were That's moments so where I. Funny. I love watching anything when I know it's going to get a rise out of someone I know. And I know they're also watching it. And I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah. I was loving you, you were- it. But You're, that's why like, I I enjoyed it not so much because of the content, but because of who was watching it yeah. with me. And I knew Dan was going to be bent out of shape on this. Because you you texted me like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be the thing I chill with tonight." And I texted you back. Uh, I I couldn't chill too much with it because I was getting really riled up by some of the quote unquote webs. And I remember I remember at one point I paused it and just laughed to myself because I was like. Dan has got to be so pissed off at this. <laughs> it's just like, he's getting, I bet every time this guy speaks, he's getting at least yelling at the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think um, one of the problems I had, again, speaking about the web solutions, is first of all, if I was shooting this documentary, if I was going to redo this documentary, I would, I would totally make the web solutions look like the assholes that they are. Cause that's, they are, they are, they do not deserve this place where they put them. They kind of put them in this place where they're like almost yeah, assisting like, the story, right? For, and for are, the first three episodes, they were kind of portraying the web sleuths almost in like these people are heroic. Mm-hmm. They're jumping in and, and they're they're doing their job. And But the last episode doesn't leave them off the hook. The last episode just kind of like, oh, well, they're wrong. And that was it. Oh, and the way they reacted was so weird too. The strangest man who was really connected and wanted his friend to go to see her grave up in yeah. Uh, yeah. Canada. That guy, it was kind of weird. It was like, oh, well, we realized we were wrong, but you know, that's too bad. And I was, yeah. <laughs> he was like cult member number one. I was like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Whoa. The, the other he guy. Really, he really didn't like fight for it. It wasn't like, oh, but I think we were right about this and this and this. It was just kind of like, well, that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh my God, dude, yeah. get out of my face. And there, the other guy who was really aggro throughout the entire thing, um, guy kind of looked like me actually. And that bothered me. <laughs> I looked uh, him up on Twitter, by the way. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a big following, but he, he's been in some like YouTube videos really busy with his conspiracy theories by the way and and that guy i mean he was the one that was making me like the most agitated throughout the whole thing because he's portraying himself as like some like like he knows what he's doing and it's just like no you don't you just decided you were going to start up a web you're, you're you don't you have no experience in this you know and at the end of it he's like when i actually went to the court hearing and that's when I found out that the water tank was actually open and that changed everything for me. And it's like, you could have found that out if, if all you had to do was a FOIA request for the police report. 
Mm. How good of an investigator are you that you didn't have that information? How, how good of an investigator could you possibly be that you went all the way down this little rabbit hole without having that piece of information? Also, no because one it's asked not a piece for... of information that was withheld. Well, no, but also no one asked for confirmation from the police, like someone like him. No, it was that one no. They, from the one no. cop that was inaccurate. Yeah. It, and nobody, nobody followed up with the police at all, aside from watching the video over and over. And over and over and over and over and, and well, we've already well, talked enough about yeah, it. Yeah, but like the other and again, again, not to harp harp on. Well, I'm harping on the web sleuths because apparently Dan doesn't like them. And it, Wait, does Dan not like web sleuths? I don't think he does. I'm not really? sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, was, yeah. I was like, on the fence. Does he? Doesn't he? Maybe he likes them a little bit. I don't well, know. You know what we should do? We should keep talking about him and see how he reacts. <laughs> you just like seeing his face and him get like head exploding tomato. <laughs> he starts waving his arms around. He yeah. knocks his microphone on the floor. It'll be like that scene in Riccio where, oh. where they smash the guy's head. Oh, he just explodes. No. Yeah. So I the other problem again, there these people are delusional, right? But the the web sleuths towards the end, the the part that really bothers me is they just they get off so easily, right? Because I mean, again, not to keep talking about morbid, but morbid, his life is ruined. Yeah. These guys, he made the, morbid. We want to find morbid and help that dude out. Yeah, he, I, he's I, don't a, really, I didn't really like him all that much either i just felt bad no i didn't either but there uh, were a bunch of people i'm i'm really speaking for twitter twitter was like we need to help morbid and i'm like i don't know morbid i don't give a shit about morbid. <laughs> <laughs> sorry morbid <laughs> a girl you didn't murder sorry um, yeah well also that that's no, great because the it, funny thing so they the Mexican FBI show up at his, yeah. at his door yeah. step and ask him if he had been like killing animals in the name of <laughs> Satan or something. He <laughs> seems like one of those goth guys, like who's really not metal or goth at all, who's really sensitive. And you're like, oh, poor Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you, you have an image. You don't have an identity. You have an image. You have an image, and now you can't use it anymore to get girls or whatever also, you do for. Also, are we all just still assuming anybody who looks metal or goth is a murderer these days because they stayed at the same place other people stayed? Apparently, we are. You know. Yeah. Well, and I will say though, the web sleuths to me were. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay, I, I skipped a beat there. I think my internet went out. Um. I think that the web sleuths, they could have done a better job and made them a little more dateliney. Because when you've got like, okay, I have pink hair half the time, you know, people get have piercings. I don't judge people on their appearance. But the web sleuths, I was kind of judging them. I'm like, you're a sad guy who lives alone and you got you probably have 10 cats. And this one over here is this. And you know, I just felt like the one girl looks really young. And I was just like, they don't seem like credible people. Like if you're gonna make them look somewhat credible, put them in a like a plain backdrop in a black suit or a plain clothes. So we just look at their face. I was I, being distracted by their lives. I so, got the sense. I got the sense that with the exception of the one web sleuth guy who was really aggro and at the end was like, and then I found out there was no lid on the tank. <laughs> uh, with the exception of that guy, 
the rest of the web sleuths, I really got the impression they didn't interview those people. They just grabbed video off of their, their YouTubes is, is what I got is the hmm. impression that I got. Okay. Um, yeah, it's I possible. could be wrong about that. That was strung together. It felt like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and like, like the other point I was going to make is, is that they did this weird thing in the web sleuths, which again, I made made me feel like they got off a little too easy. They should have been a little bit of like, oh, let's embarrass these people. Like, let's let's make them like they shouldn't be doing this kind of thing if they're not professionals. Because I'm, and I agree to your point, Dan. They they should not be doing this because they they could hurt people, right? But they were sitting there and they well, were they like, did. they actively did. They did. Right. And so, but like they were sitting there and they're like, well, you know, Eliza, we're always going to remember her. And she was this, this, we lost this poetic soul that could have been writing books and stuff like that. And it's just like, dude, you don't know you, all you got is, is, is a Tumblr account and, and some ideas in your head. Like, you don't know who this person was. Right. She, she was just a kid. She was just a kid. She had thoughts and she had a problem, you know, and they, and they get to, they get to go on and uh, they get to go on and have YouTube channels. More, they're going to have more followers on their YouTube channels because of this. Document. Yes. And they, they don't have to have any accountability whatsoever Mm-mm. for anything. And it doesn't matter what they're going to web sleuth next. It doesn't matter what they web sleuthed in the past. They don't have, they don't have any accountability for it. You no. know, they, they don't, get any of the accountability that the LA police get, you know, whether they, whether, whether you're talking about it being credit, good job, well done, or getting torn to pieces. You know what I mean? They, they don't, they have no stake in the game. No, none. And how are they being policed? They're not being policed at all. Like currently to my knowledge, I mean, I know police, detectives and others have spoken out about these kinds of people getting involved and hampering investigations but like there probably needs to be new laws set for these types of things because yes you can't make it illegal to work with content that's out in the world but when you're spreading these theories just like people are spreading on social media in the political world there has to be some kind of clapback right there has to be someone to say when is too much too you know too much too far because in this case it was and, and if you, you put someone's I've, life at risk I'm, i i would like to think that there should be a law in place so that that doesn't happen again and i i feel like for a long time the the thing that kept that in place was just sort of individual integrity i don't know uh something about being some, something about having access to social media and being able to create your own audience. There, there's something that clicks there that evaporates your personal integrity somehow, somehow, uh, not for everybody, obviously, but for a lot of people, well, uh, I don't, I don't need to be accurate. I don't need to be factual. I don't need to have evidence for any of the things that I'm saying all I care about is how many more followers am I going to get? Plus some people don't treat it like a business. They treat it like a hobby. So if you're treating something like a business and your name's attached to it and you're putting money behind it, and you know, your integrity is part of it is at stake. But then there's others where it's, you know, people are watching these YouTube channels and not questioning any of the content they're consuming. Well, it's, it's just like people watching cable news or listening to radio talk where 
they're not going to question the source. They don't have to question the source because they're hearing what they absolutely want to believe. And why would you ever question that? Why, why would you ever ask the question, is this actually true or is this correct? When you're, you're getting your own point of view parroted back at you, you know, well, of course you're not going to question it. Well, there's, also- and how do you police that? I, I, I don't even know how I like, I wouldn't pretend to say I have a solution to it other than it would be nice if the grand majority of people would pull their heads out of their asses. Um, but that's, that's not going to happen anytime. That's soon. asking a lot of our society right now. That, that is very hard for me to do is pull my head out of my ass, but I think. Oh, have you tried? Have you I, tried? I, I have not, but I, I think it's hard. So I'm going to leave it up there. <laughs> <laughs> Your head is pretty hard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but anyway, like, but I think, I think the other problem too is, is that you put someone in media, right? Whether you put them in YouTube or on the TV or, you know, on the radio or on podcast. I don't know if people even use the radio anymore. On the, st- st- what is it? The, say what? I listen to the radio in my car. Yeah. So, but like you, you put these people on the media <laughs> and it, it gives an impression of, of authority, right? Like you, yeah. now they're some Just kind of- by virtue- of yep. them being there, they have credibility. Whether yes. it's earned or unearned, they have credibility. They have you know credibility. What? You know what? You know what's really interesting about this, Edgar? I'll have to pull up the tweet, but someone recently tweeted out, by the way, the little check mark next to someone's name is just verifying they are who they say they are. They are not an expert. Right. They are not the end all be all. All it means is Edgar is Edgar. Yeah. That's it, all it means. This it person means. is not a bot. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. That's all it means. It doesn't mean this person is the end all be all of this topic or that topic. They don't know shit from anybody. They're just who they say they are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and, and at the that. end of this, at the end of this series, because uh, you're, you're right, they didn't exactly let them off the hook. Did even one of the web sleuths say the words? I'm sorry. None. 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 I don't None. remember hearing it. Nope. nope. And I mean, there's like a, there's voyeurism to it where Mm -hmm. like these people are doing this incredibly voyeuristic thing. And I think it's, you know, the documentary itself is kind of voyeuristic and it's spoke volumes to me that Elisa, uh, Elisa Lamb's family was not involved. Mm. You didn't see her parents. You didn't see her sister. Nobody talked to them. And I mean, I'm, I, I would imagine they did their due diligence and asked and family probably said no. I mean, that can they that do says that? a lot. Can they, can they, do they, can can they, they say no? Yeah. They no, can no, say. no. I'm not, not that can, can they yeah, say they no? They can but, still tell their story. They can yeah, do whatever because they want. Without, the story's in the public domain. They don't have to, you know. But what well, about... No, no, no. Edgar, think about it. Like, they make documentaries about O.J. Simpson now and he, he can yeah. do nothing. It. I mean, they can do whatever they want, but the biggest problem here is that these people didn't learn a lesson and they're treating Elisa's story as if they owned the content, as if yeah. it was their own story. Right. They felt connected either through their own mental struggles or their own losses in their life. They felt very passionate about this and they felt like it was theirs. Well, guess what? It's not your story to tell. This is wrong. Like this whole thing is wrong. I mean, from the from the web sleuths, to the documentary itself, I mean, I don't know. Again, disclaimer: I don't know. I don't. Maybe, maybe the family was involved. 
But if they weren't and they did this story but, without without anyone's permission, how fair is that? Like what this is more violation. And, this is and more maybe they, maybe they were involved and they they were just like, we don't want to be on camera, but we'll we'll sign off on it. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But I think it it speaks volumes that none of them appeared on camera. And what that says to me is they've already had their life turned upside down. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing is so twisted. And I, I, I'm conflicted about how I should feel about it because I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say, well, oh, YouTube shouldn't be a completely free exchange of, of information anymore. You have to police it. I don't, I, that doesn't well, feel right answer, to me either. Uh, I can answer a question for you now. And since it comes from Entertainment Weekly, I trust them with my life because I used to write for them. Um, so one of the questions they asked is, Elisa's friends and families did not participate in your docuseries. If they changed their minds and were willing to talk to you one day, which suggests that they did not want to speak to them, would you revisit the case? And they said, um, I don't think I would be interested in, or I don't know that I would be interested in revisiting this case on film. I think we did a pretty good job of telling the story, but if they were open to talking about it, I certainly would love to talk to them. If they want their views represented, I would try to convince Netflix to do a fifth episode. I'm guessing they said no, because they don't want to- right bring back their dead daughter in this terrible way. Right. Right. You know, um, oh, and I mean, it's more like a violation then. Yeah. And, and as far as the documentarians go, like they, they absolutely are held to a higher standard than a web sleuth or a YouTube creator because a web sleuth or a YouTube creator can say whatever the hell they want and they can put up whatever content they feel like. The documentarians can't say anything that is expressly untrue they can't say something that is, uh, they, they can't lie. Uh, well, it wouldn't be libel. It would be slander, but they can't slander Elisa Lamb. They can't slander anybody else. And by that, you know, legally speaking, they can't make any accusations or claims about the person's character or their sexuality or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty complex legal precedent, but you know, at the very least, you know, the documentarians, their work is going to be held up against. Are we saying anything slanderous to see this? And, th and they can't do that. Right. Think the like, YouTube creator, they can, they can say whatever the hell they want. You know, and you know yeah. Edgar, this Look guy, at Alex Jones, made, um, mm -hmm. the Ted Bundy tapes, which I felt were very well done. I watched that more than once. I really enjoyed the Ted Bundy tapes. It's director. Um, let me find his name here. Berlinger, Joe Berlinger. I just felt like this was a lot more irresponsible. The Ted Bundy, I feel like maybe it's because it's been around for so long, but there were still new pieces of content to share. But I think that was done so responsibly and respectfully to the families, even though it involves a lot of gore and sad things. This I felt like was disrespectful on many levels. It just felt like it tried to also do a little too much. Because yeah. like you guys yeah. have both mentioned, if we learn more about the history of the hotel, there could be a lot there. There's so many things going on and it feels almost like Elisa is a connective tissue, but she's yeah. also not. She's not part of this seedy history. She's just a really sad person that had a horrible accident during her time at this place. But I have to think that this place, like I said before, bad juju, 
I like, I don't think this place needs to stay standing because I think there's something there that it, again, maybe it's reaching, but the way morbid spoke about it, like it's just funny to call him morbid. Um, <laughs> I, the way he spoke about it, it's like it touched him negatively just by being there and associated. It's like, it's got bad vibes written all over it. Just stay out people. Yeah. Just stay out. Yeah. And, and, and th- give, give the hotel some space. Yeah. yeah. And, and thank you for looking that up, uh, um, Emily, because it, it's it's good that you, you brought that up. Because now that pisses me off. Because like you said, it's irresponsible, not only of the YouTubers, right? But also of the documentarians to, to kind of take this and sensationalize it for the sake of yeah. their own for the of their own benefit because this is what it is right i mean let's let's be honest these guys are benefiting from this whether whether they whether it's just kind of like some some visibility or money or whatever from netflix right but they're getting something out of this and because they could have told this story in a straight way but they chose to take everybody down some random path and like you said sensationalize it if they wanted to just tell the story of elisa lamb they could have done that yeah yeah 25 minutes, honestly. Well, there's so many other more interesting stories they could have done. They could have done any one of the serial killers or people that, that murdered people in that hotel. Or they could have just done the story by the of the hotel itself. Instead, they, they decided to... to Well, uh, they Tiger Kinged it. Yes, they unearthed... It's called, it's called crime scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no crime. There's no crime. There's no crime. <laughs> there's no crime. There's no crime. It was an accident. Right. It was an accident because in the end, she was in the in the thralls of an episode. She climbed in the into the tub because she's you know and having a manic episode, and she falls in there and she drowns because she can't reach the top of it. But as yep. the police said, the the tank may have not been fully filled, and she was not long enough to reach the door to pull herself out. So she sat there and basically waited to drown to drown, yeah. and and that's I think. And there are probably millions of people out there who are never going to believe that. Yep. There are millions of people out there who are forever going to think that there is some crazy, creepy, dark shadows conspiracy. Yeah. Whether that's a ghost that killed her and brought her to the roof, like someone said, or a murderer. You know how much energy, and I'm not even basing this on like the little bit they talked about it in the series for two minutes. Do you know how much energy it would take someone to get her body up on the roof if oh they my God. put her and dump her in there? Are you kidding me? There's no way. There's no way. Let's assume the girl is 120, 130 pounds. Let's just say, let's just be, you know, average or, or like, you know, forgiving or whatever you want to say. 130, 130 pounds. I mean... I guess I can carry a 130 pound bag of something, you know, only so many feet, but up a ladder. No, dude. Upstairs. You have to get her on the fire escape. Then you have to get her up that on the roof and then up the ladder into the water tank. There's no way, no way. No, now, now without having damage happen to the body, like the detective said, right? Yeah. But Then what did this conspiracy theorist web sluice look into after that? Then they thought maybe someone on the staff was involved. Yeah. Come on. Right. Come on. Yeah. And there and immediately that that struck me so hard with the video when they first got into the video and they're picking it apart and they're looking at the time code and all of that. The first place they go is somebody at the hotel edited this video. 
Well, it, you know what? I, I have worked at plenty of places where we have surveillance systems. And do you know what you don't have in the surveillance systems? Editing capability. It's not there. Weird. You Weird can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. It's not like you have an editing bay. We're not a movie studio slash like at, hotel. At best, at best, what you can do with, with a surveillance system is turn it off. So that something doesn't cap- get captured and then turn it back on. Correct. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry, wild. man. Just wild. It, it just every time, every time you get wild up, man. It just I can't help but giggle a little bit because just it, <laughs> you it, love it. I can't I tell it. you. It, it it gets me riled up because I I can't understand why these people are so invested in it. I can't understand, especially after watching this. Uh huh. I can't understand why. Where do they get the idea that they're competent people to be investigating this and making decisions? I think they literally just want to be be a part of something bigger than themselves. Their lives are sad in some way, and they want to feel accomplished, like they they did something. They really just, you know, it gets to be popular. The video starts going viral. People start chatting. These are the first people that are on YouTube, on Reddit. Yeah, I mean. I read that kind of stuff when I have a question or a topic I want to think about, but I'm not there at the ready. Right. With mm-hmm. my oh, theory. You know what I mean? We have, it, there's this cultural phenomenon that has grown with uh, access to the internet and social media cultural phenomenon. Like I call it the Wikipediaization of society where at any given time, Anybody could know absolutely nothing about a certain topic, spend five minutes Googling it, and now they think they're an expert. <laughs> that's and, that's and, the majority of people I know. Hey, right. dude, that's how the show works, man. Like, this is, <laughs> this is how we do this show. <laughs> uh, like, it, and, and so you have people out there who don't know a thing about, like, uh, forensically investigating you know, video, look at, looking at a surveillance video from a forensic perspective, but they're going to see a glitch in the time code and they know what happened there. Oh, they, they know that you have people who don't know a single thing about what a surveillance camera, like a security bay looks like. Oh, but, oh, they must've edited it. Uh, And here's the thing. What we do here, Edgar, is we have opinions and we're not afraid to always share them. And sometimes I'm a little judgmental. (laughs) Come on here and say, I am the end all be all subject matter knower of anything. No, that's the first thing we tell. We're the first people to say we're idiots. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Especially Edgar and myself. We're idiots. I think Emily is probably like a level up. I think I usually don't like open with that fact. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it at some point, surely. I'm going to have an overlay on the website so that when you get to the website, it just, it just pops up right in front and it says, we're idiots. Don't believe anything. Right. Edgar, what was that placeholder that you took down that I thought was hilarious? Uh, I think it was something like we know everything about nothing or no nonsense. Something about nonsense. This it is where it was like insulting all of us. And you're like, oh, I should probably take that placeholder down. <laughs> it said something like, uh, where the it nonsense was, starts. 
Yeah. Yeah, but it was, I don't know, it was funny either way, but it wasn't supposed to be live, apparently. No, it was just a place. So I was just like, I need a slogan, but uh, this is where the nonsense starts. And I I just threw it up, you know, but nobody was seeing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the essence of of what we talk about. We know everything there is to know about nothing, right? Or we know nothing about everything. Either way. You know, we, we're, we're talking about our opinions and yeah, I'm speaking with a certain level of certainty about what my opinions are on this, but I feel that's valid about what we're talking about here. You know, uh-huh. I'm, I, I don't know. We're all of a certain age. We have accumulated certain opinions and knowledge that is certainly valuable. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, here's the other big difference between the three of us, especially none of us are afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like if, I, if I was seeing that video for the first time and I were to catch like, wait a second, it looks glitchy because when, when they showed it, like, and the door starts to close, I'm like, it looks like a glitch. That looks like something happened there. And I thought to myself, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that could be. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. This is the first thing I thought. And these other people, the first thing they think is, hey, the conspiracy. Yeah. And like, oh, I almost feel like the first the first people were like, it's paranormal, which is like, why did you go there first? Right. And then it yeah. turned in conspiracy with murder. It was like anything, but maybe it's just a strange episode. Have we the fact that no one even thinks about the mental condition of this person, regardless yeah. of knowing anything about her, you should yeah. still be thinking about that. Right. Like, is yeah. she on drugs? Is she not medicated? I mean, those are the, again, science right. first. Science right. first. Yeah. And except for the one guy who blatantly said, well, I've never read anything about bipolar disorder that says it makes people see things. Like, no, that's exactly what it does. Uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the worst. The worst. Yeah. Like I, he's, I heard him say that line and I was like, well, and buddy, you probably should read more. I, you know, I, well, well, let's say, let's just say World not- War II never happened because I wasn't there to see it. Happen. Oh, those people. Oh, those people! Those people! Oh my goodness! The Earth is flat, people. What? The the stuff that uh, the flat Earth. But like, the, wouldn't the, it be? Wouldn't I? Wouldn't it be so much better of a place? Wouldn't people be better if everybody was just a lot more comfortable with saying honestly when they don't know, saying I don't know? Wouldn't the world just be so much better? Well, I because also no 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 we also live in a culture right now where if Edgar said hey Emily have you seen that new movie the Hotel Cecil thing and if I haven't seen it I have to be like oh um sure I I did because everyone feels like if they miss something that they're not up to par with other people right. guess what right. y'all don't have to watch Tiger King nobody <laughs> right. has to watch that shit. I, keep up I don't know. I think everybody has to watch that. I haven't watched that. It It'll be a prerequisite in kindergarten next year. I, oh, I remember. No. <laughs> I remember grudgingly watching that is when it came out. Like I, I was at a point where, you know, I had binged everything that I had on my list and I was like, I don't know what to watch. And it kept popping up. And I was like, this really doesn't look interesting, but I don't know what I was. Doing. So I, I turned it on and within the first 15 minutes, it was just like, is this 
<laughs> How can this be a real thing? And I couldn't tear my eyes away from it. You know, I'm I not going to say it's quality that, entertainment. Uh, it's not. The only thing that <laughs> saved it for me was I actually like big cats. But those oh, yeah. people, those people were like, it was when he was actually in the shop at the one point showing all the stuff they sell, and they had the Tiger King male thong. I was like, I'm out. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> did you did you hear the tiger story? Did you that, hear the, the the not my cousin Dan Tiger story? No. He told us Tiger. Do you want to tell it again? Oh, I don't want to. It's gonna take it's gonna take what it, it took like half an hour the last time. But go Which go back to the go back to the New Year's resolutions episode. It is so crazy. Wait, is it after I jumped off yeah. that call? Yeah, oh, go, crap. I'll go back. I'm was so it? Back. Was yeah. it on that it day? Was, it was the New Year's resolution episode. Oh no, maybe no, 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 no. I take that back. New Year's resolution was a different story. It was okay. a, we were talking about uh, aliens. It was the aliens. it was the aliens episode. It was yeah, the aliens go back episode. and listen to the aliens episode towards the end listen. of the alien episode. I don't know how we got from aliens to this your own Tiger King world that you went through, but yeah. Dan yeah. went to a place that could have been the beginning, hey, the genesis of a Tiger King. Well, and I don't think I, I, it could have been. I don't <laughs> think I said this, but like I have always had this thing for tigers. I just, <laughs> I, I dig tigers. I have They're since cool. I was a little kid, you know? They're cool. And, yeah, that's, um, I'll, I'll go back and listen to that. But I, but Edgar, in his defense, in my defense, sometimes we go off on tangents here and it's like, how did we get there? Yeah. 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 Right. Well, it's part of the fun, I think, you know? Yeah. Well, usually when we get on one of the tangents, it starts with one of us basically saying we don't know what we're talking about. And then mm -hmm. it transitions to we're going to go down a totally different rabbit hole and talk <laughs> about something we do know about. Well, I don't even know how. Sometimes we don't even do that. Sometimes we're just like, OK, well, let's just keep talking about bullshit. You know, and it's just like we go deeper into the bull. But like that's man, what makes it so charming. I think so. You I can tell by our listener count. People, <laughs> people are telling me that that we got quality content. Uh, yeah, and I won't name names, but some local content makers that have real jobs in content making in Chicago have listened to some of the podcasts and have enjoyed them. So, wow, people, people that I know, I mentioned them to you. They work for it, a certain communications organization in Chicago. Is it Tom Skilling? Is it was it Tom oh, Skilling? I know Did Tom Skilling about. listen to our podcast? It's not WGN. But that was <laughs> awesome. Let's talk about weather one day, just so we can talk about Tom Skilling and get him to like share the podcast. There you go. <laughs> We're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tag hey, him. Tom. Hey Tom, what's up? It's Emily. Hello. <laughs> I love your weather, Tom. <laughs> can you make it stop snowing, please? <laughs> please, Tom. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I all I have to say is we could have taken this in so many different directions, but I enjoyed this direction because, again, this can go, Edgar and I, a couple times we've gone down, like, we talked about movie musicals and suddenly we were talking about date rape. Like, I mean, I don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had him take that out of the podcast because I was like, whoa, that got dark, but I just brought it up again. So I'm gonna have to edit I'm gonna have to snip this in, huh? No, you can leave it. But I mean sometimes <laughs> sometimes you get to one topic and then it's just like it shifts and it gets a little dark or it goes down a more sometimes we go down a more realistic road. I will say that in our defense. We're not always all fantasy. Sometimes we are like, okay, we start with a fantasy movie. Yeah. And then we get to some real serious topics in the meantime. Yeah. 
We got to do more uh, conspiracy theories or, or conspiracy. Like uh, that- why? So you can watch me get angry and wave he my hands around? He wants to screen grab all of these shots. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dan. Look at him. Look at him go. He's like one of those wacky car wash flailing <laughs> arms. <laughs> yeah. So as long as it doesn't get any, you know, doesn't get expensive. I don't have to buy mics for you every time you knock your mic out the desk. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to. I would like to say I'm the only person here without a mic, but I don't need it because I scream the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're running out of time here. You got about five minutes, right? All right. So uh, any any closing thoughts before we we uh, cap this sucker off? Oh wow. I have, a, I have a serious question. Should I get a microphone for just fun? Is this like improve your life? Uh, you know, aside from the podcast, I use it for work, but that's because for work, I, I do a lot of seminars and presentations and it makes a difference for that. But, eh, you know, um, I, well, obviously I only use it for the podcast. Um, I actually want a better one. If, you know, I mean, you got a place on the show, you, for as long as you want to be on the show, you are going to be on the show. <laughs> Even after I'm gone, I'll be on the show. No, 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 no. You have to be she's alive. Your shadow man. Your no, shadow no, no. Man. Oh, no, no. She's, she's going to meet you here, in the, the next time. The no. next time you go to the white room, it's just going to be her with her arms crossed. Yeah, no, this is going to become the this is going to become the haunted podcast. No, no, just while you're alive, Emily, you have a place okay. on the show. <laughs> but uh, how much did you pay for yours, Edgar? I think I paid 50 bucks for this one, but I think this one got cheaper. I was talking to uh, that one actor that we had who's who's a voice actor. He's got a really nifty one that he sent me. I can send he you a link. He needs one, though. He needs one for yeah. what he does. Yeah. yeah. Especially from all the work he's freelancing from home. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's, I would invest in it just because I'd like to sound better and look more professional if I ever do more of these with anybody else. Not that I'm cheating on you, but, you know. <laughs> How dare you? No, I thought this was exclusive. This here on the flow roll. <laughs> Secretly starting my own podcast that's called I Hate Edgar and Dan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we be guests? <laughs> you're going to have to be. <laughs> Otherwise, so you're how going to start up. How other will people know to hate you? Because that's what we do. We just tell people what to think and then they all believe us. Oh, yeah, there we go. And we get trolls. We should go all Svengali on it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. No, but I think it's a good tool to have. I think that um, a good mic, it, it makes for a better experience. And I also have noticed everybody using like cans and stuff because they're at home or have kids and on their work calls and I'm here mm. alone. So don't tell your friends I live alone and give them my address and come and murder me. But um, I... I don't have a reason to have earphones. Do you, so I, do you live alone in the Cecil Hotel? I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is room. F- oh, you want to know something even creepier, guys? Oh, boy. Someone on the internet is making Cecil Hotel faux keys, like key fobs, with what? the room number of Elisa's room on. Oh, gross. Why? Because people aren't weird enough. Is he actually selling that crap? Yeah, there were some that were 666 and then there were some that were her room number. And I've seen these for like The Shining, The Overlook Hotel. I have one yeah, of this the, is real. that because it's cute. You don't need one in Cecil Hotel. 
Like, come on, what's wrong with you? That's that's really mm. poor taste. That's and this poor girl died. Yeah. I mean, it's a tragedy all the way around. People yeah. just a lot of people again, they if you think about it at the end of the day, as much as I'm into true crime television and I'm not super into the podcast because I'm jealous that people have true crime podcasts and I don't. Um, but the television aspect alone, what every week there's a story about a murderer. And they're making, yeah. they're getting ratings, they're getting views, they're, they have podcast companions, they have Twitter, Twitter accounts they're tweeting out during the whole episode. They're benefiting from someone else dying at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. And that's harder and harder for me to come to like grasp with as long as like it's being represented properly and the family again is involved, then I feel a little more comfortable in those cases, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they should donate that money or something i mean i understand you have costs to kind of do something like that but they ain't donating money at dateline dateline makes a business out of talking about death that's all right. we talk about yeah. and i watch it every single week yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's culture man it's culture. yeah totally all right um so before before you uh before everyone has to take off uh thank you so much emily this one was really interesting. I especially like Dan flaying, flaying all around. That was my favorite part. That was my favorite part. I loved everything about this because I know I was watching. I was like, oh, Dan's going to get pissed off at this. Oh, Dan's going to be so mad about this. I couldn't wait to get on this one today because I knew he was going to get huffy and puffy about it. And the best part is I had no idea he had this uh, a feeling about the web sluice of the well, world. Well, you should you should have listened <laughs> to the Aliens episode. You knew what you were getting into. Anytime we talk about conspiracy. Every, every time we talk if you, about If you listen to the Aliens episode, you can just skip to the end to get the tiger story. Oh, okay. As a matter of fact, you should you should put up you should replace the version of the, of the, the aliens episode that's up there with at the beginning. You say there's a really cool tiger story at the end. So if you get tired of the aliens, <laughs> skip to like one hour forty or whatever. I like that idea too. You know what I should do? I should, I'll, I'll cut that out as a snippet and throw it out so that people can preview it all by itself. Or you just put it up as a separate episode. Well, not as a separate bon- episode. bonus episode. But <laughs> no. Part of this episode, you know, here's the aliens, or here's the tiger, dance tiger's experience. We gotta, we gotta. Uh, I don't a- think there's one podcast under two hours, guys, other than my one Tom Cruise short one. Well, I think the Muddy Waters one was less than two hours. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the last one we did was also under two hours, I think, uh, with uh, Enrique Guzman. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a writer-director in the last one. But anyway, I know we got to get going. So uh, thanks so much, Emily, for bringing this up, uh, bringing this to us. Thank you, not my cousin Dan, for all the flailing around and angry talk. <laughs> this is Edgar Otra vez. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. The music you're listening to is titled VIP and it's by Nene. You can find her over at Epidemic Sound. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I can't help it. I love it when when not my cousin Dan gets all bent out of shape. It's hilarious. It's funny to me. He gets so angry about stuff. Um, 
it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it was fun. It was fun making it. It was fun <laughs> having Emily on. It was a good time. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. As always, head on over to theflowrollpodcast.com. Get yourself some merc. Look us up. Find out about the show. Also, don't forget to look us up on Instagram as theflowroll. Give us a shout. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye.